two other things I want to, to say about vision at this point. You may need to put these in the margin somewhere. I don't know. I didn't give you a lot of places to write a few things here. Oh, there's a blank side page on the left. Oh, that's good. Keep in mind that God wants to bless your ministry far more than you can realize. It is the nature of God to bless his people. There's a character in the, in the Bible that has always intrigued me. He only has two verses. His name is Jabez. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, is all that is written in there about him. How many of you have, have either heard or preached messages on uh, Jabez? Ah, good. This might give you a couple sermon ideas. Jabez is an interesting fellow. Why don't you go ahead and read the verses 9 and 10? Now, now Jabez, has, in, in Hebrew, you know that people named their children something that had significance. Sometimes we do that in the Western world, but not nearly to the degree that they did it in the uh, uh, Israeli, you know, the Jewish world. This mother named her son Jabez, which you know sounds like the Hebrew word for pain. Strange thing to name a kid. You know, normally they would name a, a son like this, son of my right hand, or some other lofty kind of title. This one was called pain. Why would she do that to him? Maybe it was just such a painful childbirth she never wanted him to forget. I went through a lot to bring you into this world and I never want you to forget it. Perhaps she did not want to have another child. Who knows why? But every time she would call his name, she would remind him of what he was. Talk about not building a child's self-esteem. This kid grew up with a very poor self-image. And yet, notice what he did. He prayed to God. He said, God, would you bless me? Would you enlarge my territory? Would you let your hand be with me so that my life would be free from pain? And all it says, and God granted his request. And so God blessed him in such a way that people would look at him and look at his life and say, why is he called pain? His life is anything but painful. See, Jabez ha asked God to bless him in such a way that his life would be a contradiction to his name. Do you realize how many people and how many of you in this room have been named Jabez? Oh, not perhaps that name exactly. Then others, significant others in your life called you that with lots of hurts and lots of wounds. But I just want to let you know that God wants to bless you like Jabez. It says in Psalm 84:11, No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. It is the nature of God to bless his people. It's from the, from the very beginning to the very end of the Bible. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 are some of my favorite verses. And you're well familiar with that passage, but you can go ahead and read it. God wants to do more than you can even imagine. Think in your wildest imaginations. What could you envision God doing? He can do all of that and much, much more that you can't even begin to imagine. See, one of the things that, that God needs to teach us as people is to get our eyes off of our own resources and our own limitations and our own problems and begin to get our eyes on God himself. 
and to say, God, what is it that you would want to do? That's a very, very important point when it comes to vision. A second thing I want to say extra about vision. True vision seeks God's specific assignment. Remember, I I shared with you already my definition of success, which I got from my father. For those of you that have been with me, what, what, what is that so we can let the others that have just joined today know? The same question is true for a church, isn't it? Ask God what it is he really wants you to do. Then do it. Now, this is a point that I want to make at this time. Sometimes people that are in the church growth movement get obsessed with numbers. You know, every church needs to get big. I don't think that's the point of church growth. The point of church growth is to know and to do the will of God. And it says that we, the, the point of church growth is to abide so closely to Jesus that Jesus has his way in our lives and in our church. And John chapter 15 describes that process as abiding in Christ. And as we abide in Christ, it tells us in John chapter 15 and verse 8, we will bear much fruit and so prove to be his disciples. So the closer we are to Jesus... The more we abide in Him, if we are abiding, we will be fruitful. And what is the fruit that was on Jesus' heart? That we would make disciples. That we would make more disciples and we would become better disciples ourselves. That is the will of God. I can't tell you how big God wants your church to grow. He may want your church to stay small and out of this send off people and keep starting all sorts of other churches. The only thing I can tell you is find out what God wants you to do and do it. And then when God has you stand before him, he'll say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. But you know the problem is? It's a real serious spiritual problem that we want to be in control. We want to be the ones to build the church. We want the church to meet our needs. We want the church to be a place where we can be comfortable. We want to be in control. And you know, there's many times that we have to come to repent of that. Because sometimes there's a great fear. And I find this is is found in in the American church, and I suspect you'd find it here too. What if God really had control of my life? What if God really were the Lord of our church? What if Jesus really could do what he wanted to do? Sometimes we don't let him because we're afraid. But don't forget... God is a God who loves to bless his people. He wants to release us from our fears. He wants to pour out his blessing like we can't even imagine. And sometimes we're like this little kid hanging on to this little terrible thing that we want, you know, that we think is so great, but it's really so puny. And God wants to give us so much more if we just let go on the need for spiritual empowerment. And if you'd give me the freedom just to speak honestly, I have a sense that what God wants to do in the lives of many of you is to release you from fear. Fear of turning your lives completely over to God. Fears of seeing God work in your life and in your church to the fullest degree that God wants to do that. I know that's hard for for those that are not charismatics. I know because I'm not a charismatic either. And I have had numbers of times when I've had to wrestle with with God in prayer. And to really wrestle with the issue of, am I going to be the Lord of the church? Am I going to be Lord of my life? Or is Jesus going to be the Lord of my life and the Lord of this church? 
And am I willing to release control to Jesus so that he would have freedom to do whatever it is that he wants to do? I'm sensing a need at this point just to ask you to spend some time in prayer. We're going to spend a, you know, two and a half days together on this church growth seminar. And I want to give you as much information and practical stuff as I can possibly give you during these days. But I have a sense that that, that, that practical stuff is not nearly as important as how God might want to change us on the inside and in the weeks and months to follow. All that God asks of us is to, to, to respond to the leading that he gives us in the next step. So I just want to encourage you that you've, many of you have begun a, a journey, and uh, there'll be many steps along the way that God will lead you to each, each one at a time in his timing.